This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. Today on our program, we're going to speak about the beauty and community that we find in our sacred space of worship. And welcome back, Archbishop. Always good to see you. Always good to be with you and our wonderful listeners. I wanted to talk today a little bit about what we see, what we experience in our churches, that sacred space where we come together and worship, but also that extension in the community because we go out and we really reflect Mm -hmm. uh, God's holy church wherever we go. So as we begin that conversation, would you please start us off with prayer? Indeed. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, through the passion, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus, you have called to yourself a people, the people of the new covenant, the, the mystical body of Christ, the church. We ask you to be with us in our broadcast tonight that the minds and hearts of our listeners will be touched by a new awareness of the beauty and the goodness that you reveal to us in the community of the church and even in the houses of worship in which we come to encounter you. So we place this time in your hands, asking you as always to lead us and guide us, Father. All this we ask through Christ our risen Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I thought today it would be nice to just get a little bit of a sense of the architecture, and this goes back centuries, of just how our Catholic churches have been constructed, some of the beauty and reverence that it really reminds us about as we walk into the doors. Of course, every part of the world looks different with the cultures, but maybe some of the basics. And then how we really approach these sacred spaces, because we're not going into an auditorium, we're not going into a sporting event, we're going into a place of worship, and there's a different way we should approach walking into that place. How do I prepare to be in this sacred space? Um, How should it fuel me for my own purpose? So give us a sense, let's look at the the architecture of the cathedral. Mm -hmm. And many people, if you haven't visited, obviously I hope many people have watched a live stream to see the beauty of our own cathedral at St. Mary's of the Immaculate Conception, but maybe using that as an example of where different pieces of the church, when we walk in, uh, what they resemble. Yeah, I I think we we need to start with the principle of beauty. The the, the traditional, uh, what we call the transcendentals, which, which reflect God, and which draw people to God, these traditional articulation or or listing of these transcendentals are truth, beauty, and goodness. These three things really reflect the, the divine nature. They reflect God to us. 
truth. Wherever there is truth, there is God. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said to Pilate, I have come to bear witness to the truth. He promised his disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit upon them, what? To lead them into all truth. And so, you know, the truth has gotten a bum rap, quite honestly, in our culture today. When we speak about truth, people kind of recoil, it seems, at times. Well, nobody wants to think that there's actually objective truth that's binding on all of us, you know, that uh, and, and truth sometimes is sacrificed for mis- mistaken notions of, of love. And we sacrifice truth for what we think is a loving thing or a better pastoral approach to something. So truth attracts us to God because truth is a reflection of God. Goodness. Uh, God is all good. God is perfect goodness. And so whenever we see goodness, we see a reflection of God and we're drawn to God. When we see goodness in other people, when we see love being exercised and shown in concrete ways, um, even especially in difficult situations, we see that love, we see the goodness in other people. This reflects the goodness of God and draws people to God. But that, that third transcendental is beauty. Beauty is a reflection of the awesome, beautiful, wonderful, magnificent God. And everywhere we see true beauty, we see a reflection of God. We can see the beauty of God in, in, in his creation. You know, when we, we live in this incredible part of the world, you know, we can look all around us and, and, and see reflections of beauty in, in creation that, that spark us to lift our minds and our hearts to a, a, a beauty that is beyond what we see, the beauty which is God who gives us all of this as a reflection of himself. So we, I think we start there with beauty because I think the house of worship should be always, and the church has, has, has always believed this, should be a reflection of beauty. In other words, this is the temple of the Lord. This is that dwelling place of God among his people. This is where, as you said, we, we come to encounter God and encounter one another in the body of Christ. This this temple, this church, this building, this this place, sacred place of worship should be beautiful to reflect the beauty of God so that uh, when we walk through the doors of a church, and I would say especially a Catholic church, we should feel something different. We should experience something different. As you said, we're not walking into a sports arena. We're not walking into a multi-purpose room, although I have to say in the last several decades, there have been a lot of Catholic churches that have been constructed that look an awful lot like a multi-purpose space and don't have a, don't carry a sense of the sacred, just in the architecture itself. So uh, the, the beauty of the building itself, especially, well, outside, but also because the outside, a beautiful building from the outside is, is a symbol of beauty that attracts people. People are going to look at that and say, wow, that's a really special building, isn't it? It's different. It looks different from the other buildings on the block. That's a church. That, that, that's, that's a sacred place. That's something different. So I'm, I can be drawn to that from the outside. But then when I walk in, I should have this feeling of the transcendent, that I have stepped out of the world, if you will, into a sacred realm, a sacred place, a, a, a place apart from the noise, the busyness, and sometimes the ugliness, quite honestly, mm-hmm. of the world. So I think we should, never, we should never hesitate to try to make our churches 
as beautiful as we can. Now, it's always that, you know, tension. You know, we don't want to be ostentatious and spend, you know, uh, all kinds of, of, of money in, in excess that, that, you know, doesn't need to be, to be spent. Um, you know, and you get, a, you get that argument a lot of time. And it, it's kind of gotten to be, for me, kind of a tired and worn argument, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all that money that was spent on that building, we should have given that money to the poor. We should have served the poor with that money and everything else and not spent so much money, you know, on, on beautifying our church. The church should be simple, da-da-da-da. Well, it doesn't have to be either or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be both and. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And hear me loud and clear. We must have a care and a love for the poor and the needy among us. And if we are not taking care according to our own means, uh, the, the needs of the poor and those in need among us, then we're not fulfilling our life as, as disciples of Christ. Because he told us, actually, we're going to be judged largely on, on how we took care of the hungry and the thirsty and the homeless and the naked and the sick and the imprisoned. You know, so let's not fool ourselves. Uh, that's very important. But doing that doesn't preclude us creating a place of worship that is truly beautiful and edifying, and that actually draws people into a deeper encounter with Christ. Quite honestly, sometimes it is the poor mm-hmm. who don't have a lot of beauty in their lives, to be honest, sometimes. You know, they, they, they just don't have a lot of beauty just in, in human relationships, in their own living situation, they don't, they're not exposed to beauty. It's, it's for them sometimes that this is one of the only experiences of beauty and, and, and space that they can encounter. And, and I can't tell you, you probably have had the same experience. I've talked to, I can't count the number of people I've met over the years who just walking into a Catholic church mm-hmm. with nothing going on suddenly experience a feeling of the transcendent. They know that they have stepped into, into a sacred place. So the church is arranged in a certain way, and the church has very clear directions for how a church should be constructed and laid out and, and decorated so that it's suitable for worship. This is where we come to celebrate the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the sacred liturgy, but it's also the place where we come to pray and where we come to spend time peacefully, quietly with God, and where Christ himself dwells among us in the tabernacle, his body, blood, soul, and divinity in, in the reserved sacrament of the altar. Right. It should be heaven on earth. It is at the Mass. It is at the Mass, heaven on earth, and we should experience that. We have it a lot during the Easter season with the incense. Mm -hmm. So we smell the beauty, that odor, that fragrance of life, Mm -hmm. uh, of healing, of balm. We have the candles. We have the holy water. I saw so many people, you know, during Holy Week, Where's the holy water, you know, waiting for that Easter to come back with the, but we have our senses, but they're not just for this world. No, we, you know, not just for this. No, no. You know, and and we have to remember that we're human beings. Uh, And as human beings, we are, we are body and soul. We are not pure spirit. We are a, a, a unity of material matter, our bodies and our spiritual part, which is our soul. And that, that's, that's what a human person is. And everything, unless it is infused knowledge by God, and God can infuse things into our, into our mind, into our heart uh, himself, but that's rare. Everything we learn, we experience through our senses first. We experience the world through our senses. And we encounter, therefore, 
the divine also through our senses. You, you're pointing these things out. And, and all of our senses are, are affected. You know, when, when we come to church, of course, our visual, uh, when we take in the hopefully beautiful art in the church, the beautiful architecture of the church, the sacredness of the space, just the beauty of the building, um, the, the stained glass windows, the images, the sacred images, statues or other murals or paintings or mosaics. And, you know, so we, we take all that in visually. And then the sacred liturgy as well. And we see those things. We see the light of the candles. We, we see the beautiful flowers, especially during the Easter season. We see our brothers and sisters all around mm-hmm. us. They're, 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 they're very much a part of this experience. Let's not forget, you know, that. You know, we hear our our ears are filled with sacred sound. We hear hopefully beautiful sacred music, and we participate with our voice in that in that sacred music. Uh, we hear the prayers of the mass. We hear the word of God. We hear, I hope, a good homily that that inspires us and helps us. We smell, as you mm-hmm. said. You know, we can smell the incense. Uh, we sometimes we can smell the flowers in the church at, at Easter time. Um, you know, if the chrism mass, maybe even we can even the smell lights. the chrism, the oil. Uh, so, so our, our 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 sense of smell is also all of these things touch. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 tangible things that we we touch in in the church. It's it's how we experience things. We experience the world through our senses. We experience God through our senses because we are corporeal beings. We're bodily beings. That's how we... Now, God can give infused knowledge. He can give infused experiences directly into our mind and our heart. Hopefully that happens to us sometimes in prayer. You know, I mean, I can be in prayer and be my eyes closed and completely absorbed in prayer. And I feel like I'm encountering the Lord there as well. But but this is why I, 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 I make really no apologies for uh, why the liturgy and the church uh, you know, should be as, as beautiful, as sacred, as wonderful as, as we can make it mm-hmm. so that people can have a true encounter with God. We've got to feel when we come into the sacred liturgy and when we come into the church, we have to feel different. We have to feel it's got to be a different experience from what we experience in the world. And sadly, I think we've Catholics, many of us have forgotten that. You know, we have forgotten that 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 this is meant to be a different kind of experience. This isn't a secular experience. This isn't entertainment. Mm-hmm. We're here for worship. We're here to worship God, our duty to worship God. I hear far too many people today talking about, well, I like it this way, or I like it that way, or I like this kind of music, or I like that kind of music. Or, you know, ultimately, it's not really about us. It's about God. Mm-hmm. And it's about lifting our minds and our hearts to God. It's about our duty to worship. And even in, when we come into the church, you mentioned that. How should I come into the church? You know, the, folks, I'm sorry. This is going to probably get a little touchy for some folks. The church, the sanctuary of the church. In other words, once we're through the doors of the church and we're in the sacred space of worship and prayer, especially when the Blessed Sacrament is present in the tabernacle, this is not a social hall. This is not a time for us to to have social time with our brothers and sisters and our friends. There's plenty of time for that mm-hmm. uh, after the celebration, outside the church building, or maybe before the, the, the celebration mass, outside the church building. But I wish that when we came into the church, an atmosphere of prayer would prevail, an atmosphere of silence. The, no- the world is so doggone noisy. 
We're bombarded with noise all the time. Can we please just have a place where we can go and just experience quiet, silence, where we can listen for God, where we can experience God in the silence? Cardinal Robert Seurat wrote an incredible book, Silence, Mm -hmm. uh, against the the dictatorship, the power of silence against the dictatorship of noise. Mm I would recommend this book to anybody to read, The The Power of Silence. It's Cardinal Robert Seurat. He talks about this need for silence in our world and our lives today because it is in the silence that we encounter God. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really, really important. And, I, and I, I even get irritated a little bit sometimes with the liturgy when every moment has to be somehow covered with with, with, with noise, with music, whatever. You know, we can't just leave people in silence. Oh, you know. The song's over, or and Father's still doing something. We better we better have some music now and some instrumental music. No, why can't we just sit in silence and let the silence speak to us? It's part of the experience. In fact, the church emphasizes in her liturgical direction that there should be moments of silence mm-hmm. during the Mass for us to, to encounter God in that silence. Right. And in this time of Eucharistic revival, it's be still and know that I am God. God's present. Wouldn't we want to hear what he has to say? We have so many churches, thanks be to God, who have adoration chapels. Mm -hmm. Some have perpetual adoration 24 hours a day where there is a chapel available to come in and just to take some time. Because you've mentioned it so often, we know people's lives are so busy that this could be the only moment that a husband, a wife, a student can just get away. And just be with God Mm -hmm. in the midst of taking care of children, taking care of a sick parent. You know, all of the demands that we don't recognize what pain and suffering our our parishioner might be experiencing. And they need that silence. Mm -hmm. We should respect that in all of these places. Right. You know, and I think that um, one point I I would try to emphasize here is that um, the, the church... Is is essentially and, and ultimately the people of God. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, we. This is all. You know. This all has to be kept in in a very delicate and careful balance. Um, you know, because you know, I don't know why. Why are we prone to extremes so much? I don't understand. There must be something in human nature that we we tend to push things to extremes. So if 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 I'm here talking about the beauty of the church, the need to have proper appointments for the church, beautiful art beautiful vestures in the sanctuary and the altar, even beautiful vestments for the priest, you know, beautiful vessels for the sacred species in the mass. You know, all of these things, you know, people say, oh, you know, that's just all about the buildings and that's just all material things and the church is the real people of God and the, you know, well, again, it's, why does it have to be either or, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, the living temple are the people of God. The church is the people of God. Uh, and even in the even in the in the ceremony of the dedication of a new church, right, where the emphasis is clearly on the building mm-hmm. and the consecration of this building, setting aside this building for sacred worship, the liturgy emphasizes the living stones of the church, who are the people of God, is the is the real church. So it's it's not an either or; it's a both and. So when we come together in the sacred space. It's an encounter that we can have with God, but it's also an encounter we have with our brothers and sisters gathered in worship as the body of Christ, not just as a social function. 
not just so I can visit with my friends who I haven't seen in a week, in, in the church I'm talking about, in the sanctuary itself. But it's, it's a place where I gather shoulder to shoulder, if you will, with my brothers and sisters who are experiencing life as I am and, and maybe have, as you said, many burdens that they're carrying, to be able to pray side by side with them, pray with them, pray for them, to be united in worship uh, in the sacred space is is it's it it just it all fits together because the 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 faces of my brothers and sisters gathered with me in in the church are also beautiful yeah. and and reflect uh, the goodness and the presence of God. Yeah. And you mention just a place of prayer and worship many of our churches there might be a little side altar there might be I know in the back of our church at St. Rose there's a little um the infant of Prague and so there's little candles. And maybe before or after Mass, mm-hmm. I have a moment. Mm-hmm. But maybe just explain some of that tradition of maybe there are a couple of our patron saints that are in that particular church and, and spaces where we may before or after Mass right. to have that uh, Yeah, and I think, I think these devotional spaces, we might even call them, you know, our, our churches should be places of devotion. Um, it, was, it was really in vogue when I was in the seminary. Uh, to to make our churches as bland almost as we could. So they were very, very bland, not a lot of art, not a lot of uh, visual imagery, kind of plain and simple because the idea was, well, the church is only beautiful, is only fully alive when the people gather. So so that's the people gather that make the church the beautiful space. Well, again, you know... (laughs) These extremes. Mm. Uh, I had to be able to walk in, and we used to be able to, uh, sadly, when we can't keep many of our, all of our churches open like we used to throughout the day because of, uh, sadly, the, the vandalism that's that's been taking place. But, but you know, in, in, we should be able to walk into the church all by myself mm-hmm. and have an experience in the church, a, a devotional experience. So, you know, we in the stained glass windows, you know, the, the patron saint of the parish is usually somewhere. So mm-hmm. there'll be an image of the patron saint, you know, the a statue of the patron saint of the parish, or maybe a stained glass window with our patron saint in the window. But in the other windows, you you might have images of, from the life of Christ. You might have other saints depicted. Uh, you might have the mysteries of the rosary depicted. We have the beautiful stations of the cross, you know, so we can go through the devotion of praying with Jesus on his way to Calvary through the praying of the stations. Um, we do have images in our churches of special devotions to certain saints or certain images of Jesus. You know, a lot of our churches have images of the divine mercy, mm-hmm. uh, that revelation of God's mercy that Jesus gave to St. Faustina Kowalska. So a lot of our churches will have the beautiful image of the divine mercy with the words, Jesus, I trust in you beneath it. In this wonderful church uh, that's so diverse in, in Western Oregon, we have many ethnic groups and cultural groups that are part of our, our church, and their images sometimes will be depicted in the church. Church. You know, it's it's uh, uh, very common to find, for example, an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe mm-hmm. in many of our parishes mm-hmm. because of so many of uh, the, our Mexican brothers and sisters who are are part of our communities of faith, and so they, for them to see, you know, that that Madonna that is so special to them, there might be other images of Our Lady under her different titles: Our Lady of Fatima, or Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of Sorrows. You know, devotions to Jesus, like, uh, you know, the Divine Mercy, as you mentioned, the Infant of Prague, or the Sacred Heart. We'll have images of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, images of St. Joseph, the father and patron of the church. It's very common for on the left and right side of the altar sanctuary area uh, to have images of of Mary and and, and St. Joseph or the Holy Family. You know, just there's there's a, there's a, and that's what I just love about churches. That's why I love visiting 
uh, different churches, uh, especially in, in, in other countries where some of the churches are much, much older, centuries older than the churches here in the United States. You can spend a whole day in the church. Mm-hmm. Some of those churches in Italy, I think of when I lived in Rome, you can spend a whole day in some of those churches exploring the little nooks and crannies and the little devotional spaces and the, and the, and the candles here and the, uh, the image there full of symbolism. And this is how our, our, again, through our senses that our devotional uh, life is, is, is fed. So personally, I just like to be in a church where I can look around and learn some things and have some devotion and have my heart uh, lifted uh, in, in, in prayer. Yeah. And that beauty reminds me of the family, our family of God, you know, the family of faith. We come together. And, and I think as we close, that sacred space enhances our Catholic identity of who we are, whose we belong to. When we walk out that door, we're ambassadors, as St. Paul would say, Mm -hmm. you're an ambassador of Christ. And I think our sacred spaces can enhance that, and we can help enhance it. You're right. The the sacred liturgy itself forms us as a people. It's formative. There's a principle in the church, lex orandi, lex credendi. The law of praying is the law of believing. How we pray expresses, you know, what we believe and what we believe is is expressed through our prayer, but it also forms us in that. And so does our experience of the liturgy certainly forms us, but even our experience in being in that sacred space forms us in our Catholic identity, in our traditions, in our devotional practices, so that I, I can walk out of the church renewed, uh, strengthened in, in, in my faith. And I, I just especially, of course, the, the presence of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm and Jesus present in the Eucharist reserved in the, in, the, in the tabernacle. That's what I think when people who aren't, maybe aren't Catholic, we had, we had somebody walk into Palm Sunday Mass this year at the cathedral, never been into a Catholic church in his life, a young adult, and he spent the rest of Holy Week with us, mm-hmm. right through the Easter Vigil and Easter Sunday, and it was a whole new experience for him. He encountered something there. That's what we're striving for. Let Jesus do his job. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Let Jesus do his job. He changes everything. And on that note, would you please help us close yes. with your blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And we do want to thank you all for listening and tuning into this program. I invite you to join us again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.